Welcome to the Refine Your Health podcast with Dr. Dion. I'm a primary care physician, and now I can happily add podcaster. Tune in to each episode to hear great information on improving health outcomes, disease prevention, and overall community health advocacy. Thanks for listening. Now let's jump into today's episode to improve your health. Hello, listeners. This is your host, Dr. Dion, and thanks for checking out this episode of Refine Your Health. And of course, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you can get the latest episode as soon as it is released. And thanks again for leaving five-star reviews on your streaming platform of choice. So let's get into today's episode. This episode is still going to focus on the men because we're still in the month of June and June is dedicated to men's health awareness. And so this episode, we're going to talk about low T or what is better known as low testosterone. Many individuals are certainly familiar with the ads, offers and other media about supplements for low T. And info about how men should look into testing. Now, myself as a primary care physician, I've had more men coming into the office concerned about low T compared to many years ago when I first started practicing medicine. So let's start off by talking about the T in low T, which is testosterone. So many of you may be asking, what is testosterone? Testosterone is considered a hormone produced by the human body. And some consider it the men's hormone because It's primarily a hormone that is produced by men. So where is this hormone produced in the male body? It is produced by the testicles. And the testicles produce this hormone in response to hormones released by a gland, which is called the pituitary gland, which sits at the base of the brain. And this gland releases hormone that initially disperses out to the testicles to alert it to produce the hormone known as testosterone. What role does testosterone play in the body for men, especially when it comes to puberty for our young boys? It definitely plays a role in the physical appearance, such as development of hair growth, like your mustache, your beards, pubic hair growth, and the development of your sexual organs. And as young men mature, of course, it plays a role in sperm production, which is important in fertility, as well as sex drive, better known as libido. It plays a role in that, as well as building up muscle mass and bone mass for men. Some of you men may be asking, how common is low T? Now, low testosterone naturally occurs as men mature. So you expect as you mature that your testosterone is going to decrease. And usually that occurs around about age 60 to 65 years of age. So it's common for low testosterone to be more prevalent in men of advanced age, especially as you get into your 80s. However, the range which is considered normal for men as a young adult versus an older man is going to be different. The natural progression is to expect that it will decrease as men mature, especially as you get into your 60s on into advanced age. But according to the Urology Health website states that 2.1% may have low testosterone, which is basically two men out of every 100 men walking around in the United States. And as few as 1% of younger men may have low testosterone, while as many as 50% of men over 80 years old may have low testosterone. Now, I often get asked questions about are there certain conditions as far as medically that may place a person at risk for low testosterone? And there are actually. One is having diabetes, being overweight or obese, having a diagnosis of AIDS, HIV, 
some congenital disorders, meaning that you're born with a, a certain genetic condition, for example, Klinefelter syndrome, which is considered a syndrome, genetic syndrome, where you may be tall in stature, but have small testicles, which results in low testosterone production. Other types of conditions that may impact a male producing testosterone is having sleep apnea. So that has been shown to have a link to causing low testosterone. In addition, if you have anything impacting the testicles, such as an infection or some type of trauma, as well as we talked about the pituitary gland, which is the hormone regulator of the body. And so if you have a defect in the function of the pituitary, or if you have a mass in the pituitary, um, not necessarily cancer, but if you have an impact on the function of the hormone regulator of the body, that can impact you producing hormones elsewhere in the body, such as the testicles in the case for men when it comes to low testosterone. Now, only can certain medical conditions place a male at risk for having low testosterone. There are certain medications as well. And a couple examples is number one is antidepressants. Certain type of antidepressant medications may place a male at at risk for having low testosterone. And if you're on pain medications such as opioids may increase the risk of developing low testosterone. Some individuals may be wondering what are some of the signs and symptoms related to low testosterone? Great question. So some of the signs and symptoms may be low sex drive or what we consider low libido, where you don't have the desire to have sex where you previously did, especially when it comes to young men, as well as it may impact having low semen volume because we mentioned earlier, testosterone plays a role in sperm production. So you may have low sperm count. It may also present as hair loss. Testosterone plays a role in male hair production. So you may have loss of body and facial hair. You may also have overall fatigue. So increased sleepiness, tiredness, decreased motivation to work out. Another sign and symptom related to low testosterone may be in the achieving of an an erection versus maintaining an erection. And not only can issues with erection be related to low T, I also want to clarify for you as well that erection dysfunction can be related to other medical conditions such as diabetes, high cholesterol, and high blood pressure. And as I discussed in previous episodes when I've talked about diabetes as well as high cholesterol and high blood pressure, if these conditions can impact the blood vessels within the body, either by damaging them or either having some type of blockage through atherosclerosis, which is plaque buildup in the case of high cholesterol. So you have the risk of that. And so anywhere in the body where you can potentially impede blood flow through damage to the blood vessels or obstruction in the case of plaque buildup from atherosclerosis, this, as you can see, can impact the development of an erection or the ability to maintain an erection because you're affecting blood flow to the penile region. In addition to chronic conditions such as diabetes and high cholesterol, as well as high blood pressure that can impact men developing erectile dysfunction, if you consume alcohol in excess, as well as smoking can impact. I've mentioned earlier in previous episodes as relates to smoking, smoking can damage the blood vessels in the body. And so it can be no different as it impacts the blood vessels within the penile region. 
and just mental behavior as, as well as mental disorders can impact having erectile dysfunction, such as increased stress, anxiety, and depression. So I want to make sure that you as listeners are clear that erectile dysfunction is not necessarily related to low T, but it can be a complication of some other conditions that may result in erectile dysfunction. But this is something where you should seek medical attention. So these different causes can be eliminated to figure out what could be causing the erectile dysfunction in an individual. Some additional signs and symptoms of low testosterone. You may have low muscle mass as well as increased body fat. You may even have what we call increased breast tissue, which is better known in the medical community as gynecomastia. In addition, you may have decrease in bone mass, which increased risk of what we call brittle bones, osteoporosis, and some nonspecific changes that men may experience, such as mood changes. It may result in depression, irritability, or lack of focus, or it may even affect memory. However, like I said, when it comes to the mood changes, as well as impact on memory, it's nonspecific. And this can occur over three to six months of potentially having low T or maybe related to some other conditions. So as you mature, you can have a decrease in your memory as you get advanced in age or could it be related to low T? So that's something that would have to be sorted out by appropriate medical evaluation. In addition, you can have a smaller testicles related to low testosterone because in a sense, it's almost like your testicles are not functioning, so they're not producing enough testosterone. So in a sense, people use the phrase sometimes that your testicles have fallen asleep. And as a result, they become smaller because they're not functioning and working to produce the hormone that is known to produce, which is testosterone. So most men may be asking, so when should I seek medical attention? Of course, if you feel like there's something going on that normally hasn't been going on with your body in general, go see your doctor. But most common symptoms related to low T could be fatigue, decrease in sexual function, such as erectile dysfunction, decreased sex drive are often the most common symptoms that a male may present to the office with in regards to symptoms concerning for possible low T versus some other cause. Okay, if we've talked about what is testosterone, what are some possible conditions that may place an individual at risk for developing low T, as well as some of the signs and symptoms. So the next obvious question, of course, is how is it diagnosed? And it's diagnosed by a simple blood test. It is preferred that you fast for this blood test at least eight to 12 hours. And the test, once it's obtained, the normal range for most labs is between 250 to 800. Now, as I discussed earlier, it's not uncommon for men, especially as you mature and get to more an advanced age, 250 and above, you kind of expect that range to be considered normal for this population versus your young adult males. The average is 400 plus as far as your testosterone levels. Now, what is considered low testosterone in a young adult male as well as an older adult male is a level less than 250 total testosterone. Now you may get panels back that say total testosterone versus free testosterone versus bioavailable testosterone. So the most important number that 
providers look at is the total testosterone. Now you may be asking yourself, what is the difference between total testosterone versus free testosterone? So total testosterone tells a provider that your testosterone is bound to protein in the body versus free testosterone that isn't bound to protein, but is available to do so once some protein is available for it to attach to. And A provider will look at mostly the total testosterone to determine management as far as low T. However, it just may depend if you have certain conditions that may have you at low T, but a normal free testosterone in the case of obesity, where if that's the case, you don't need to treat, you just recommend weight loss. However, Those numbers will need to be specifically looked at by a medical provider to determine need for management. Now, let's say that you've been diagnosed with having low T. You have that level less than 250. And so you may be wondering who manages this. A primary care physician can manage low testosterone. A endocrinologist who is considered a hormone specialist may manage it. Or some of you may be aware of a urologist, which focuses on male reproductive system, you can go to them to have this managed. So there are a variety of different specialists as well as primary care providers that can manage low T as warranted. So let's say you have the diagnosis of low testosterone. You may be asking, okay, how is it treated? There are different forms of treatment for low testosterone, but they're all considered hormone replacement therapies for low testosterone. One is considered the transdermal or topical, which is the gel. And that's a method that is used to manage low testosterone. And it's a gel that you put on your body. You must allow it to dry before performing any type of personal hygiene. However, it is preferred that you do any personal hygiene such as showers or baths before putting on the gel to allow it to absorb into the skin. Also, it may be beneficial to cover the area where the gel is placed to allow it time to absorb and to improve the effectiveness of the medication. And this medication is a daily regimen as far as frequency of how often you would need it. Now, some Individuals are familiar with another type of treatment, which is the injections. They can vary in frequency from every week to every two weeks to possibly monthly. It just depends on how your body responds to the injection in regards to increasing your testosterone levels. A new management that's been out there is a pill. It comes in a capsule form. This is something that you take twice a day. Then this is an interesting treatment regimen that I wasn't familiar with until recently doing research for this episode was the pellets, which are placed underneath the skin, either in the upper hip or the buttock region. And it's a slow release of testosterone within the body. And the frequency that you may need to have these pellets is every three to possibly every six months. So some individuals may be asking, is there a superior treatment of one medication over the other? No, they all perform the roles of increasing your testosterone levels. A particular medication chosen for an individual may depend on several types of factors, such as 
a lot has to do with particular lifestyles. Let's say you have the jail. A lot of people or individuals may be concerned about if you have small children, getting concerned that they may get into it as far as getting, you know, testosterone gel on their skin or possibly their significant other that, you know, they may not want to take that risk. So they may choose the injections versus the pill versus the pellets. Then some people are just terrified of having needle injections and they may opt for either the topical or the oral or the pellet medications. It just depends on their lifestyle. But as far as the duration of therapy, it's going to be different for each individual. It may be one of those situations where, you know, as a individual that is dealing with obesity to get them motivated to be able to lose the weight, you may temporarily provide medications as a supplement of the testosterone to allow them to begin to exercise and get them motivated. Once they lose the weight, you'll eventually be able to come off the hormone replacement versus if you have some of these genetic conditions or other long-term chronic conditions where you may be on the medication for a prolonged period of time. Now, I also like to make you aware of potential risks with taking the certain types of hormone replacements. There's a potential risk of skin irritation with the gel, as well as with the injections and possibly with the pellets that go underneath the skin. And there are some other potential side effect risk or complications from the other type of treatments. Now, all of the medications do have a potential risk of what we call increased red blood cell count, which is concerning where you may have potential risk for clot formation, possibly if that develops. It's more common among the injection replacement versus the others, such as the the gel, the pill and the pellets. So that's something that needs to be discussed, especially if there's a family history or a concern in the patient of a history of blood clots is replacement beneficial or is it going to be too risky to do so because of that medical history? Also, if you have this, what we call increased red blood cell count, better known as erythrocytosis, you may not have symptoms of and if you do happen to have it, it's a lot of times is redness to the skin, facial or body flushing appearance. So that may be the presentation of that potential side effect. But most patients don't present with any symptoms. Other concerns with treatment is you may determine that you may not want to treat a a patient with a hormone replacement is that if you have a history of prostate cancer because testosterone feeds prostate cancer. So you don't want to make a problem worse by adding on a medication that can make the prostate cancer worse. As well as if you had a previous history of prostate cancer, that's something that a primary care provider or endocrinologist, if they're interested in replacing, and it just depends on how long the male has recovered from prostate cancer to determine risk of recurrence if you provided a testosterone replacement. So that's something that's going to have to be individualized on a case-to-case basis. Also a risk with hormone replacement is the risk of infertility. So if you provide a individual with testosterone replacement, there is a potential risk for developing infertility because we mentioned earlier, if you replace the testosterone, it allows 
especially if it's for a prolonged period of time, the testicles can fall asleep where it's not functioning properly to produce testosterone. And if that's the case, then you have decreased sperm production risk. And especially that's something that needs to be considered in young adult males prior to giving a hormone replacement such as testosterone, because if they're interested in having kids, that can be major complications versus, you know, you have a male in their 50s or older who say I'm done having kids or I'm not interested in having kids at this point in my life, then that's a whole different story. But especially in young men, that's something that has to be cautiously determined if that will be a benefit to provide a hormone replacement therapy. And so just as in the case of obesity, it may be better to tell, especially if it's in a young adult male that have, may have low T related to obesity to lose the weight versus trying to place them on a hormone replacement that may impact their ability to have children later on in life. Now, some individuals may be asking, how long should I be on testosterone? That's going to vary based on body response, as well as if you impact the underlying condition or improve, I should say, that underlying condition that may be impacting your uh, testosterone levels. So that will be determined by your healthcare provider to determine if you are meant to be on for a short period of time versus a longer period of time. It's not meant for you to be on testosterone replacement for life. The purpose of hormone replacement is to get you to the point of the natural progression of what you would expect if you were not having an issue with hormone production of testosterone. So of course, when you get to possibly a 70 or 75, it's not necessary at that time to continue hormone replacement because it is a natural progression of life as you get older your testosterone is going to go down and that's the normal human process and it's not typically necessary at that time to continue to supplement with hormone replacement of course discussions will need to be had with your primary care provider, your endocrinologist, as well as your urologist just depends on who you are seeing to help you manage your low testosterone. Also, I would like to mention in regards to treatment for low T, a lot of you may have seen advertisements, whether it be print or some type of streaming media in regards to supplements that may benefit males with low testosterone. You've seen pill forms, some potential liquids, things of that nature. I want to make sure that I put it out there that you have to be careful of what they may be promoting as far as it improving your low T. And the reason I say that is because a lot of these supplements and things of that nature that are promoting that it will benefit males with low T is that it has not been vetted by the Food and Drug Administration, which is a governing body who oversees medications that are being prescribed to the public. So a lot of these supplements and things that they are advertising, you don't need a prescription for, but they're promoting that it will benefit males with low T. And the reason why that you have to be careful Number one, it has not been vetted by the Food and Drug Administration. And most of the times, if you look at the labels, it'll say these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration and that this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any disease. And that is preventing them against any liability that they may be claiming that 
even though they're promoting that this will benefit men with low T, they can't guarantee that it will treat because it has not been vetted by the governing body, which oversees medications for its safety. Therefore, if you have these supplements out here that have no oversight, then they can potentially expose you to potential ingredients that you're not aware of and that may be potentially harmful. So before starting these particular supplements that are promoting improvement in low T, I would say discuss that with a primary care provider to see if it's safe. But yes, you have to be careful with these particular uh, supplements that people may be advertising out here and saying that it's going to improve your low T as well as provide some significant benefit. So Overall, I know I've given a lot of information, but hopefully I've helped you understand what is low testosterone, what are some of the conditions that place you at increased risk, what's considered some of the normal ranges, what are the types of treatments and risk of those types of treatments, and I've just hoped that I've encouraged some of the male listeners or some of their significant others or family members or whomever to encourage the men in your lives if they're experiencing some of these symptoms that they should seek medical attention. And just overall for the month of June, I'm just encouraging all men to go out, especially if you have not been seeing a primary care provider to establish care to get just a physical and just to make sure that you're in good health and to help maintain your health if you have established care with a primary care provider. I hope this has been helpful. Please feel free to share with your friends and family. And of course, leave a five-star review on your streaming platform of choice. And this is your host, Dr. Dion. Take care. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please subscribe and feel free to tell your family and friends to check out the podcast. And remember, this podcast is for educational purposes only and the thoughts and opinions do not constitute medical advice.